on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and Merry Christmas. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me all the way from 15 inches of snow about to <laughs> rain down on her, the blonde bombshell herself, Ann Carrigan. Wow, hot. yes. Hi, everybody. No snow flying yet, but apparently it's coming. It's headed this way. They've already canceled school. And Wait a minute, all- it's a rope. Remote learning anyway, right? We're all tucked in. Uh, East Bridgewater has hybrid. Uh, okay. We have we have cohorts and we have all kinds of strange new things. But uh, mm. now we have we have cohort A, we have cohort B, and on Wednesday we have remote learning. Whatever. Yeah, no it's it's all totally confusing. I'm so glad I don't have any players in this game. And God bless mm. all of you who do. And I'm sorry. And I I hope you're getting all getting through it. But anyways, everybody gets a snow day tomorrow. Woohoo! And then Friday they declared everybody remote, so they are done for Christmas break, which I think is probably good. That's yeah, smart. Yeah. 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 Two, out two so, days early. It's okay. Yeah. So, if you've uh, never experienced the Christmas show, I mean if you've ever experienced the Christmas show before, then Listen to the international one, and I will guarantee you'll never look at Christmas the same. That's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> the international one that just played before this one? Yes. Okay. All right. Jeez, I'm even going to have to go in and listen to it. Oh, you don't want to. Anyways, uh, we have a guest today. It's potty humor, I'm sure. We had a guest today, and he was supposed to be on last week, but somehow we didn't have a show. Oh, um, poor Roy yeah. was sick. Boy, boy, you were sick. Oh, he anyway. sounds terrible. He's still coughing. I'm sorry. He sounds like that all the time. No, he doesn't. There he is. He's a, he's a, you know, a drunken uh, cigar oh. change, change smoking <laughs> Stop drifter. Stop saying that about my friend Roy. Mm-hmm. Roy, don't anyway. listen to him. Don't listen anyway. to him. We have a show to do, and yes. I'd like to introduce to you that someone who's been investigating the paranormal and, and been involved in the paranormal for as long as I can remember. Uh, he's in Chicago where they're not going to get clobbered by 15 inches of snow. He is Mr. Rick Hale. Hi, everybody. Uh, hi, guys. Thank you for having me on. Hi, Rick. Hi, Ann. I have relatives uh, in Chicago. <laughs> What's that? I have relatives in Chicago. Oh, you do? Do they live in one of the suburbs, or do they live in the in, in the city? Oh, the suburbs. It's suburbs, like Oak, yeah. Oak Lawn. Is that something? Oh, right? yeah, that's that, that's, that's a cemetery. Be, uh, yeah, closer suburbs. <laughs> it's a cemetery too, but that that's <laughs> right. where they live. There's all kinds of suburbs. They live in a cemetery. Oh, I'm confused. Suburbs. They live in Chicago. They live in a oh. suburb of Chicago. 
Okay. And we kind of have a rule here um, in in the uh, Chicago land area. We call it the Chicago land area. If you live within fifty miles of Chicago, you could say you're from Chicago. Yeah, kind they of like do. a weird unwritten rule. <laughs> fifty and miles. Yeah, fifty miles. It's 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 a joke, really. But that's <laughs> uh, that's always been kind of the joke. If you are from Northern Illinois and you say you're from Chicago, it's because... God, you know, if you're you from Canada, you can say you're from Chicago. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> well, Close it's like when, when people ask me where I'm from and I'm in yeah. another state, I just say Boston because right. we're 30 miles from Boston. And, and you say East Bridgewater and they're like, oh. You say, oh, I'm yeah. from Boston. They're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, See, you know, I, it, it, it's funny too because I'll get... We'll, we'll, we'll be traveling and... And um, I've been told that I have a very thick north side accent. Uh-huh. So, you know, occasionally you'll get, you'll, we'll be traveling outside the state. And somebody's like, oh, I could tell that you're from Chicago. And it's like, close enough, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Ooh, it's the ah. It's the, like, it's, Tom's, it's the Tom's ah. on Sharon. She right. calls him Tommy. Yeah. Like I say, I would say Tommy. She's Tommy, right. Tommy. Yeah. Four fried chickens and a Coke. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> totally confusing. I love it, though. I love it, though. It's fun. I, we go out there. They make fun of our accent. And we make fun of theirs. It's all good. Right. It's mm. all good. <laughs> Thank God I don't have an accent. So. Oh, no. Not at all, Ron. <laughs> no. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Rick, uh, you've been uh, investigating the paranormal and an interest in the paranormal for many, many, many years. How, how did you first get interested in it? Well, it was back in uh, 1982 when I first became interested um, in psychical research, uh, the paranormal, um, whatever you choose to call it. Um, after witnessing and interacting with a um, with a, with an apparition in my grandparents' home in Franklin Park, which is kind of a, a city just northwest of Chicago, and um, you know, after that, it just uh, my interest just took off from there, and. Um, you know, so from about 1982 to about 1991 was doing all the reading and, and learning that I could possibly do. I was eight years old when I had my first experience. And uh, wow. so from eight to 17. Well, you got to tell us, I mean, you had your learning. first experience. What was your first experience? Just can't well, leave it, it like that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I was I was getting to it. I was getting to it. <laughs> oh, OK. Um, yeah, I was getting to it. You know, just kind of kind of give you like a thumbnail sketch there but yeah so here's what happened my my cousin uh chris and i we had just got done watching a cubs game and you know just got done watching the cubs lose terribly which is per <laughs> usual <laughs> and uh so my cousin had already fallen asleep um he was a year or two he's a year or two um older than me and um i got up to use the bathroom now if anybody's familiar with these old brownstones in in the chicagoland area you have the front room, or as the living room, as other you know people the from other parts of the country call it. The yeah, <laughs> and there's a long hallway that goes towards the back where where the uh, where, um, where the kitchen mm -hmm. and um, you know uh, bedrooms and all that is. So in this long hallway, there's no light. This building is about 150 years old um, at the time, and um, there was a bathroom at, to the right, and to the left there was a bedroom. So my grandmother, because we didn't have, because there was no light in the, um, in the hall, she would always leave the light on in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm walking towards the bathroom and I can see somebody moving around in the bathroom. Oh. And yeah, the closer that I got, and the only people in the house at that time was my cousin who was asleep and my grandparents who were asleep in their bedroom, which is, which is back by the kitchen. And, um, so I see like this moving around in, in, in the bathroom. And then all of a sudden the light just flicks off. Oops. Now I know that my grandparents are not going to do that. And they always <laughs> let the light on so we could see where we're going. And then all of a sudden I see this woman come <gasps> walking out of the bathroom. Hello. Yeah. She's, you know, roughly six, you know, 55, 60 years old, somewhere around there. Right. So, she looks down at me, smiles, and says with the with the somewhat of a thick Irish brogue, um, "My, what a fine young lad you are!" And she says oh. just like that to me. And she turns and walks towards the kitchen. I get goosebumps every time I tell this story. Oh. And I just watch as she disappears. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. So the next morning, I'm talking to my grandmother. And she tells me, she's like, oh, that's just Mrs. McNett. You don't have to worry about her whatsoever. <laughs> so, and, and it's funny, too, because it's like, up until what? that time, I mean, we all knew that there was, that, that there was something strange about my grandparents' um, house. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you would hear, like, you know, strange footsteps where there was, where there was nobody. Uh -huh. um, my cousin... My cousin Luis, he had um, several experiences himself. He never actually saw Mrs. McNett, but he could feel her presence and hear her like she would sing. Oh. And then there was my cousin who was who um, my, my family's originally from Huntsville, Alabama, um, who lives down. Actually, she lives in Birmingham. And um, she told me that when she was visiting, she got a little too close to the stove and she hears this woman say in her ear with an Irish accent, don't get too close, you'll burn yourself. Oh. So, yeah, we all knew that, that there was something very um, strange about my grandparents' house. And um, as far as I know, myself and my grandmother were the only two people that have ever seen her. Wow. Yeah, so it was a great, great So how, how did they know it was this woman? Well, Mrs. McNett was the, um, the well, um, the gentleman that owned their building, Mr. McNett, his wife had died in that building 10 years previous. Ah. So right around, so sometime in the early 1970s, she had passed away. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just we put two and two together and I never actually saw a photograph of Mrs. McNett. Mm -hmm. But, you know, according to my grandmother, the... Um, Apparition, ghost, spook, specter, phantom, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. um, was Mrs. McNett. So, yeah. Wow. So she sounds. A, I, yeah. What's that? She sounds, she sounds very like. At least she was a, a like a nurturing, motherly presence. You know. Yeah. You know. So it was great because that first experience was a very, very positive one. So that kind of colored my perceptions mm -hmm. of what you know of how i would approach um psychical research 
And, um, you know, because I know that most people are like, well, I had this, you know, horrific first experience. And it's like, I can't, I can't say that I've ever had that. Mm, that's good. But that's not where the story ends. So from 1982 to about 1991 was years of um, reading up, studying. I read a lot of uh, Peter Underwood, uh, Hans Holzer, um, Elliot O'Donnell. And um, my first investigation was quite by accident. It was in 1991. I was 17. And I uh, went to a friend's house who had a, a young girl who was living with, who was staying with them at the time. She was trying to escape a very bad situation. And um, she claimed that things would move around her and that there were these big black shadows yeah. that would appear and torment her. Well, I did have... During this investigation, I did have one of these big black shadows appear in front of me, and it shoved me. Oh, no. Now, yeah. So, I mean, you know, at the time, I didn't really know. Hang on one second. Theo, just take the... Sorry, my son was closing. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Sorry about that. No um, worries. I, I, I must be... I'm in the bed. Wow. That's, that's quite the story. So, um, yeah. So, I had this, you know, big black shadow um, appear in front of me and it shoved me to the ground. Oh. Um, I didn't really know, you know, what I was dealing with at the time. Um, I know that a lot of people would say that what I was investigating was, you know, a demon or an evil spirit. But, you know, I'm convinced now that what I was dealing with, I was dealing with a legitimate poltergeist. Mm-hmm. That this young girl had been through such um, horrific experiences um, that she was generating this psychokinesis and this big black shape that was tormenting her and pushed me was a thought form created by her. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, my, my first investigation was very much a baptism by fire and dealing with an actual poltergeist, which is something that very few ghost hunters will ever actually deal with. And, uh, so, you know, lesson, lesson learned, you know, always be careful about what it is that you're getting yourself into before mm-hmm. doing an actual investigation. Mm. I've never heard of that. Well, at least, well, not in my experience. I mean, part of Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, uh, I actually write about it in my uh, second book, which is called Behold, Shocking True Tales of Terror, dot, 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 and some other uh, spooky stuff. So, you know, I go into greater detail, you know, in this book on, um, you know, my first experience and my first investigation. So you, you've written a few books then, right, Rick? Correct. Yeah. Uh, are they available somewhere or how can people find them? They are. They're available at Amazon. My first book was called The Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts and Demons. My second book um, is called Behold, Shocking True Tales of Terror and some other spooky stuff. And my third one, which was just released in October, is called Bullets, Booze, and Babes. The <laughs> history of, of Chicago and Illinois. I know I love that. I love that alliteration. That is but, a great uh, yeah, title. That, thank you. Uh, yeah, that one just came out back in um, October. Oh, wow. Nice. You have to nice. check that out. Yeah, these it, look great. And you... Um... You, you do a writing for Spooky Isles, and you, you have a lot of interest in, in 
the UK. Yeah. How did you? What what is? You know, how did you get interested in the UK? I mean, what's all going on in Chicago and in, in this country? Well, the thing you know, back in back in the eighties, um, talking about you know saying that your house or business or whatever was haunted was still very much considered a taboo issue. Mm-hmm. So, but not so much in England, um, and and in, um, rather I should say in the UK and Ireland, it's n- not considered a a taboo issue. In fact, there's a you know a proud. Um, history of psychical research dating back all the way to the 1860s, organized psychical research dating back to the 1860s at the London Ghost Club and in the 1880s with the uh, Society for Psychical Research. Mm. And um, so back then, when I would go to the library, I would either go to the Round Lake Public Library, which is where my mom lived, and my dad lived in Chicago, so I would have the Chicago Public Library as well. You didn't have a lot of books about um, American hauntings. You had mostly authors, um, you know, like I said, Peter Underwood, who is my greatest influence as a writer and as an investigator, um, Elliot O'Donnell, Guy Lyon Playfair, and but you know, except for Hans Holzer, of course, who was you know a, a German American right. um, investigator and author. So yeah, there most of the books that I found were on you know famous places across the United Kingdom and Ireland that, um, you know, th- those are the kind of books that I found at both mm-hmm. libraries. Mm-hmm. So that kind of really sparked my interest in, um, in the United Kingdom. I've never been there, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, on the old bucket list to see some of these places mm-hmm. that I've, you know, that I've written about over the years. Mm-hmm. Nice. Do you, now in Chicago, uh, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite place or a favorite story about Chicago? And um, other than other than Resurrection Mary, <laughs> yeah, Resurrection Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would I would say that that's um, you know Chicago's greatest urban legend. Right. Um, you know, I have several places that I visited over the years. Never actually done investigations, but I visited um, mm-hmm. the Graceland Cemetery, the Red Lion Pub in Lincoln Park. Um, the site of the SMC cartage on Clark Street on the north side of Chicago. Um, but I would have to say my absolute favorite place to visit is Bachelors Grove Cemetery on, uh-huh. in, in the um, uh, in far south suburban Midlothian, Illinois. I've been there many, many times, and I am fully convinced that that place is haunted, which is very strange why a cemetery or a graveyard would even be haunted to be with. <laughs> I agree. But, right? You know, I but agree. this place, yeah, this place I am convinced is haunted. I, I, uh, I collected a, an amazing EVP there um, probably, you know, back about 10, 12 years ago. And I'm there with a, with a couple of friends of mine, and we're standing in this clearing where there's a tree. And I'm asking, you know, questions. And later on, I listen back, and I hear this deep, gruff male voice say, let the mother effer feel the pain. Oh! Yeah. Mm. Plain as day, clear as crystal. My wife, who has absolutely no interest in this whatsoever, heard <laughs> it for her, and she heard it. So 
here's here's the thing about Bachelors Grove Cemetery. Back in the 1920s and 1930s, it was used. Uh, um, there is a pond that's adjacent to the cemetery, and it's believed that um, you know the the uh, uh, Crown Prince of of Chicago crime, Al Capone, used to take people out there, whack them, and then dump their bodies in this pond. Mm. So I'm thinking that what I caught was a um, echo in time that was caught in the uh, environment. I, I, here in the United States, they, we call it a residual haunt. Mm-hmm. And um, just like a psychic imprint of possibly one of Capone's guys um, torturing and then finally killing a stoolie, a stool pigeon. So it was probably one of the, one of the greatest EVPs that I've ever caught in my career as, as a uh, ghost hunter. Mm-hmm. Is that available online, uh, Rick, or? It's not. I lost that okay. EDP a long time ago. Oh, bummer. I uh, apologize for that. So you're just going to have to you know, take my word. No, I'm uh, not saying yeah. that. It just, it just sounds it's pretty cool. Be... That would be cool to hear, yeah. I, I wish I still had it, but unfortunately I don't. It would be um, crazy, right, yeah, to hear that? Very, very cool EDP. Yeah. Actually, it would be, what do they call it, an audible? As opposed to an EVP? Because you no, heard it. No, he didn't. No, I didn't hear it. No, oh, I thought I, you I heard it in real time. Uh, no. You heard it mm, no. on the tape. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. that's a, oh, my God. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, was, what did I just hear? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, Chicago, You know, it, it's funny, too, because a lot of people, you know, you, you'll get, like, those memes and stuff like that. What is a place that is nearest you that is, you know, is haunted? My, my answer is Chicago, the whole <laughs> damn city. <laughs> well, it's definitely so, historic. So, have yeah, you ever well, gone really on? Are. Have you ever gone on Ursula's uh, tours at all? Um, I did. Yeah, it was a Chicago hauntings tour. I went on last year. I think it was last November. Went to the Tinker Swiss Cottage in uh, Rockford, and the and the uh, two guys who were leading it, Tony Zabelski and, da- and uh, Jack Chavez, who are you know really really great storytellers and great investigators, and I cannot say enough good things about them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, I, I don't normally do tours because I've always specialized in private homes. Really, but um, they invited me. So I, um, you know, I went and it was, it was a great time. Um, do I think the place is haunted? Uh, I took a really, really great picture that, that seems to show the apparition of a man standing outside of a window that's about 15 feet off the ground with nowhere for anybody to stand. Oh. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, was, it was a really great photograph. And, uh, you know, just, just this past uh, October, I... I spoke at an event there with uh, my my good friend and colleague Michael Kravchek. He's a he used to be known as the Ghost Gadget guy, mm-hmm. and um, you know presented this evidence. You know spoke a little bit about you know what it means to be a ghost hunter and psychical research, and uh, it's it's a really great place to visit. If if you guys are ever in the Rockford, Illinois area, mm-hmm. um, you know I highly recommend checking the uh, Tinker Swiss Cottage out. You know these ghost tours. A lot of people like to. Discount them and everything, but they're they're really a great. I mean, my first interest in the paranormal was uh, I was in um, 
uh, oh, what the heck, Williamsburg? Uh, yeah, Williamsburg. And I did a cantilene ghost hunt, and 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 that was so much fun. And I was wasn't even interested in the paranormal at that time, and yeah. uh, it was so enjoyable. Even if you're not interested in the paranormal, they, they were really a fun thing to do, and you can learn a lot of things. Not only just about the paranormal, but also history as well. Right. Well, you know, you know, you guys in in New England, you're obviously much much older than the um, than the Midwest. So, you know, you guys have uh, you know much older ghosts to deal with. <laughs> not that much older. <laughs> a little bit, a little, maybe like a hundred yeah. years. <laughs> but it you is know, true, I mean, Chicago in, in that whole area was you know settled by. Uh, the French and was it the French? Mm-hmm. Let me see. Yeah, right. The Mississippi. Yeah, and, well, we're coming up on the break anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's. I don't think it's the area that really matters whether it's you know a hundred year old ghost or or a ghost that was you know ten days ago. Uh, a ghost is a ghost is a ghost. Uh, people like to romanticize about uh, history with these. Uh, you know, if it's George Washington or Abe Lincoln or somebody famous, it it seems to be more glamorous than if it was Annie at Nell or somebody. But uh, <laughs> it's still they're still the same. I mean, they're all spirits, ghosts, whatever you believe in. Yep, they exist. I mean, you know, that's the key. We we can't prove really that whatever we're seeing or experiencing is a uh, disembodied uh, soul. Uh, but well, anyway, the thing that I always that I always found very interesting about about this is you, you kind of got to you know wonder because it really is considered spontaneous activity. Is it really something that is to be proven, um, or is it just something to be experienced? Um, yeah, I agree. I kind of kind of come down in the middle of it, but um, you know I'm I'm not out to change anybody's minds or convince skeptics because. No, this really is a field of inquiry and not a religion. So, mm. you know, I'm not uh, tasked with uh, turning people into believers. Yeah, the 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 interesting thing about that, and we discussed this on the the morning show with Jeff Belanger and Lou, is that you know, if if a house is haunted and there are no people there, is it still haunted? And and without the human experience, we we all kind of agree that it isn't because the human experience is what makes a haunted area a haunted. Uh, without the human experience, there is no haunting. But anyways, we got to take a break. It is, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick. Our special guest is Rick Hale right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. And we'll be right back after the following messages. you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about, then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, 
Thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back, everybody, to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our special guest this evening, paranormal author Rick Hale. Hello. Hi. We're back. So I, I had a question about – I'm really intrigued by this Red Lion pub. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening there? Well, the Red Lion Pub is, is um, one of Chicago's most famous haunts. Um, it has several ghosts. Um, one of those ghosts that haunt the place is um, the, oh, the proprietor of, um, of what it was before it was the Red Lion Pub. It was, called, it was known as Dirty Dan's Western Saloon. Oh, geez. And Dirty Dan, yeah, he, he, Dirty Dan himself, who... Um, by all, um, you know, according to many people, was not the nicest guy in the world, which is <laughs> Dirty Dan. But, um, yeah, he allegedly haunts this, um, this um, building. He stands on the stairs kind of scowling down at people, and he's known to either push people down the stairs or push people <laughs> up the stairs. Oh. Um, yeah. Another great uh, ghost that, that said to haunt this, uh, haunt this establishment is a woman named Sharon. Sharon is known to hold the door so women can't get out of the bathroom. Oh, that's um, just me. Yeah. Right. Come on, Sharon. <laughs> but, you know, one of the really interesting uh, things about this, about this bar is the, the, the man who opened it back, uh, up back in 1984 fashioned it off the Red Lion Pub in London. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like uh, the Red Lion Pub, you know, the, the, the Red Lion Pub, pub in london is also very much haunted too um can't really remember off the top of my head what what it's haunted by but um yeah it's uh, the red lion pub is is very popular it's not just po- it's not just a popular place where you where, where you can get a pint and have some shepherd's pie but it's also a place where you could you know quite possibly experience um you know the uh, uh inexplicable and unexpected as i like to call it uh-huh. nice hmm. That sounds good. Now, if you ever investigate, you've investigated there, or it's just something that you've written about? No. Oh, okay. Have you had any personal experiences there? No, I have not. I've stopped in there. I've, you know, you've used the bathroom in there a couple times, you know, went in and had, and had a couple of beers in there. But, um, you know, I myself, I've never actually experienced anything in there, but, you know, it's, it's a really great atmosphere if you're, 
just kind of like looking for a place to, you know, have a quick bite, mm-hmm. um, you know, have a couple of drinks. Um, and if you're lucky, you may just experience something. Wow, that would be cool. Oh, yeah. that sounds intriguing. Next now, time I'm there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, as far as Chicago and, and the cemeteries, and uh, do you you mentioned earlier that you didn't think uh, or you were surprised that cemeteries were were haunted. What's your, what's your thoughts on that as far as the reasoning well, behind it? You know, according to traditional parapsychology. Um, you know, to simplify it, why in the world would anybody want to haunt the place where their body lives mm. or their body lies for all eternity? And that, you know, seems to be the consensus in uh, traditional parapsychology and psychical research. But there are places like um, Baxter's Grove all around the world, which there is, there does appear to be ghostly presences at, at graveyards or cemeteries. And um, some people seem to believe that with places like Bachelor's Grove, that there is actually a portal there. And this portal is open between our, our world and the um, other side of life, the spirit realm, if you will, um, where these spirits can come and go at will. And that's, that's sort of like, a, you know, a leading theory among, um, you know, many ghost hunters and paranormal investigators that, some of these places are um, portal areas, either naturally occurring or have been um, accidentally opened up by, say, occult practices. I'm not, I'm not real big on religion or occult practices. So, but uh, you know, I do think that there are that there are places that where the uh, veil between our world and the next is a little bit thinner than what it should be, and I think that's what's going on with places like uh, with cemeteries like Bachelor's Grove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there are a lot of stories about haunted cemeteries if you uh, look into it. And uh, so, you know, I mean, even places of homes next to cemeteries, uh, because especially in New England, we have, um, you know, of course, we always have in, in this country, we always have the Indian burial ground, which is always the, the root of all evil. <laughs> For poltergeist activity and stuff like that, but uh, you know there there are so many that uh, Christian burials weren't available to them, and they were buried outside the the cemetery on, and uh, building housing and everything came close to these the cemeteries, and uh, a lot of it they believe is because of uh, people that were not buried in the cemetery, but outside the the cemetery walls. Right. You know, I think that the, the biggest problem that we face um, in the paranormal is trying to separate what is fact from what <laughs> is urban. Good luck with that. <laughs> exactly. That, 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 that is the biggest struggle that we face in this, in this field. And um, you, you do have places like Bachelor's Grove um, that does appear to have actual spectral phenomenon happening there. It's been investigated numerous times with some amazing evidence being found. And then you have other places that, you know, nothing has ever been found, nothing's ever been discovered, no evidence has ever been gathered, and yet the stories of the place being haunted um, persist. 
So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of like, you know, that's the biggest struggle, the biggest obstacle that we face is, is separating the two, trying to find out what is really going on and, you know, sort of disproving or trying to disprove what is going on. Right, separate the legend from the truth. Spider Gates, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Spider exactly. Gates. And, you know, and the thing is, is like, I'm, I'm not a debunker. I, I've never really even liked that term. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, again, I, I'm not out – okay, um, like I said, I specialize in mostly private homes. So right. these are people that live in their houses 24-7, 365 days a year, and they think that they have something that's going on in their home. Mm-hmm. They're there all the time. They know better than I do. So one visit from me or even two, three, four, or five visits, and I find nothing, right. you know, I, I can't really go to them and tell them, your house isn't haunted because I've been there only a couple of times. Mm-hmm. They're there all the time. They know better than I do that something peculiar is happening. Um, you know, that's why when, when you gather evidence um, as a psychical researcher, ghost hunter, whatever, um, it really sort of is a luck kind of a thing. Because you can but isn't, that, isn't that the problem with with, with private residences, though, Rick? Is that you know people there and they're they're you know they view their hauntings, their experience, their hauntings through their own selves, and and you know a lot of them, you know, for instance, they they watch a lot of these paranormal shows that are on TV, and so uh, that, yeah. you know, no matter what you give them or or how you do it, they they are always critiquing you from. Uh, the TV shows and so forth. So it must be difficult you doing private homes. It is. You know, I had I had an investigation uh, several years ago in uh, um, 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 in in northern Illinois, and I actually write about it in in my book, Behold, Shocking True Tales of Terror, and it's it's a chapter called The Most Unhaunted House in the World, <laughs> and uh, yeah. This this woman was convinced that her house was haunted, mm-hmm. and she tried showing me photographs where she claimed that there was a photograph of a ghost in there. And um, so myself and a couple of my colleagues, we went and we investigated the house, and the whole time that we're investigating, she's following us around, I believe, in, in allowing the um, – the homeowner to stay in the house because oftentimes a haunting can be person centered and not so much place centered. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, yeah. So she's following us around the whole time talking about how she watches all the movie, uh, all, all the television shows, mm. you know, found her personal library of books and um, DVDs of, you know, shows like ghost hunters and ghost adventures and, um, um, a haunting, or as I like to call it, a demoning, um, <laughs> and, uh, and other things like that. And, uh, you know, we found absolutely nothing, nothing in her house. Just there was nothing. And in this picture that she showed us, there was nothing there. Um, it was it was really, it was, it was pareidolia in my personal right. opinion. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that does happen. And these are kind of people that I call... They're kind of paranormal groupies. Um, <laughs> they really like this stuff, and they 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 want to be part of right. the phenomena. So they make things up, and they have you come to their house, 
And um, this is kind of what I think was going on with uh, with this lady. She was a very nice lady, very well-meaning, mm-hmm. but I think that she kind of suffered a little bit from a fantasy-prone personality. Mm, right. Just kind of talked herself into it. Exactly. Right. Right. So, mm. so what's your thoughts on Orbs, uh, Rick? Um, well, I think that I think that the the overwhelming majority of pictures that you do see, pictures and videos, are of course um, uh, uh, dust, bugs, mm-hmm. um, condensation. However, I have personally witnessed um, light shows in people's homes. There was a house in Crystal Lake, Illinois, where I did an investigation. And myself and some of the people that I was with, this was when I belonged, I was a member of the McKinney County Paranormal Research Group. Um, it was the only time that I've ever been involved with a, with a large uh, paranormal investigation group. And we were in the basement, one of the bedrooms of the kids, we were in their basement. And one of the stories was, is that the, the, their, their teenage son was seeing strange lights in his room. So we're sitting in his room, just kind of, you know, sitting vigil, waiting for something to happen. And then all of a sudden we see like these two balls of light about the size of a, about the size of softballs appear in the room and start flying around the room. And they're multicolored. Like it's not just white. We're seeing this with our own eyes. They were, you know, I'm, 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 I'm colorblind. So uh-huh. I can't really say what colors they were because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, but, you know, according to my colleagues that they were, you know, different colors, they were red and blue and green and yellow and, or, and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I actually physically watched as one of these lights knocked a hanger off of a huh? rack. Huh? And uh, yeah, it was it was ama- it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And this thing came off the rack and hit the floor and oh they God. continued. Yeah, they continued to fly around a little bit more, and um, then they just disappeared. So I do think that there are um, cases. Did you catch where, it on film at all, Rick? Or, no, we did not. Um, where there are um, spirit lights that are seen, I'm, I'm reminded of the uh, of, of the uh, case of Doris Bitter, which was known as the Entity case, and um, that where there were you know lights that were. Uh, um, unexplained lights that were captured in the, uh, on camera. And that was, I, be, I believe it was, investigated by uh, Dr. Barry Taft. So, you know, it, it does happen, but I do believe that most of the orbs that are caught are, um, you know, are, are like dust or bugs or um, condensation. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are reports all over the world of, of ghost lights, uh, corpse sure. lights, uh, you know, different ones uh, that have been seen outside, inside, everywhere. So, uh, yeah, there's there's something there, but whether it's paranormal or not is is another story, of course. Right. So what, did you have some kind of resolution to that case where the lights, the son was seeing the lights in his room? Well, the thing is, is that they were they never felt threatened mm-hmm. by what they had in their house. What they wanted, they just wanted to have a second party come in, um, see if they could find anything, and confirm what they've been witnessing. And mm-hmm. as far as I know, 
that this this was investigation maybe about nine or ten years ago that this family pretty much just learned to live with what they have. And I found that out, and I, and I found that in many investigations where people, they just want to have that confirmation that they're not crazy and that they're actually experiencing something real. And they they learn to live with um, with with their ghosts. Hmm. Well, I you know, if, if they're not bothering you and you can all coexist peacefully... I mean, yeah. it's your house. You like your house. You want yeah. to stay there. <laughs> that would I'm, be my I'm feeling. Not, yeah. See, it's like I'm not a big believer in doing house cleansing mm. and uh, that kind of thing. There was, there was an investigation in Kane County, when, again, when I was with McKenna County Paranormal Research Group. This, uh, this ghost that was in these people's homes was just giving them hell, you know, frightening them, causing accidents mm. to happen around the house. Oh, God. And, um, yeah, we learned um, the reason that this spirit was so angry was because in life, this was back, he, he killed himself oh. back in the 1950s. He was a young man, late teens, early 20s. And the reason that he did, because he was afraid to come out to his family. He was Aww. gay. Aww. Yeah. So he wound up killing himself. And so, he, how did you how did you associate the, the what was going on there with this particular person? We were able to um, um, contact him through one of our spirit mediums, um, one that I've worked with for a long time. Her name is Nancy Laporta, and uh, I do trust her ability. And that's what she, that, that's 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 what she said. The message that he was conveying to her. Mm-hmm. So he was afraid that if he left this world that he would burn in hell because Aww. of his you know sinful lifestyle uh-huh. so nancy you know being a being a very um empathetic and very compassionate individual was able to convince this young man that there was nothing wrong with him and that he wasn't going to hell because of who he was as a person and um so she was able to convince him to leave this world and go to the other side, whatever that other side may be. And um, so that was a really, a really, really great resolution to that case. We were able to help somebody who has been in torment for over 50 years hmm. because of his sexuality. We, we, we were able to help him with that. And that was, that was one of those really good, like, yeah, it started off as being a really horrific investigation, and what was going on to these to, to the living people in the house was really bad. But you know, it was a very heartwarming resolution that we were able to help this young man. That is nice. That's I'm glad it worked out that way. You know, uh, doesn't know. always. <laughs> so, how do people contact you, uh, Rick? Well, they can contact me through uh, Facebook. It's just you know, Rick Hale. Um, I'm friends with you, Ron. So, I mean, if people want to contact me, they can just, you know, uh, contact me through you. And um, you can also, uh, oh, you can also, uh, uh, this past Friday, I, uh, my friend um, Stephen, Stephen Lancaster and I just launched the Shadow Initiative at the uh, Label 13 channel on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to be starting to have guests on. So right now we're just, you know, getting everybody used to who we are. And it's uh-huh. called the Shadow Initiative. Um, and you can also um, 
well, it's just through you know social media, through Facebook. That's how mm-hmm. that's how most people contact. Okay, so I mean, right? when you do these cases, when you you pick up these personal family cases, how how do they contact you? They contact you through Facebook. How how they hear about you that uh, you, you do these cases? It's it's been a while since I've been on an investigation. Uh, you know, Ron, you know that that the last four years, um, going through cancer mm-hmm. and actually losing a limb. Aww. Because of it, yeah. So you know, I'm hoping that I'm going to get you know back involved in uh, in investigating. But before then, mm-hmm. it was uh, just sort of word of mouth. People who knew me, friends of friends, friends of family, that kind of oh, thing. Okay. They're like, oh hey, yeah, I know mm-hmm. this guy who is into ghosts, and you know he can come into your house and let you know what you have. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry. So, what's the most what? profound thing that that happened to you on on one of your investigations? Uh, that was the story of the young man who um, who was afraid to pass over because of his sexuality. Okay. I would say yeah. that that was yeah. definitely the most profound one, mm-hmm. um, because at, you know, as an ally of the LGBTQ community, a long a, light, a long time ally, um, it was just nice knowing that we were able to help a fellow human being out who really was mm-hmm. a torment. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, your best imp- uh, best evidence collected. Best evidence collected was at a house in in Lindenhurst, Illinois. This was another one when I was with MCPRG. And um, they had this ghost of a man who was in the house, and he was um, kind of like um, a playmate for their young son. And mm-hmm. while doing an EVP session, again, it's another one that, my, that I played for my wife, and my wife was like, holy cow. And um, I asked the the ghost why the boy is so why 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 does he you know bother the boy so much? And you hear this man's voice in kind of a whisper tone say, "The boy is special. Get out of my house, you asshole." Oh no! I guess I guess basically my reputation precedes it <laughs> itself, but um. Yeah, so that was probably like one of the greatest EVPs. I laughed and laughed for the longest time after hearing that one. Oh. And we went, we went back to that uh, house uh-huh. about three or four months later, and this and this spirit remembered me. <laughs> and we're standing in the basement, getting ourselves, getting all of our gear, and getting ourselves prepared for this investigation. And I'm standing next to a fellow investigator. And all of a sudden, you hear a man's voice say, hey, Rick, <laughs> like right between us. I looked, at, I, lo- I looked at my colleague, and she looked back at me, and she's like, did he just say, hey, Rick? I'm like, awesome. I'm glad I, I'm glad I wasn't the only person that actually heard this. <laughs> so, yeah, and it, and it turns out he, he, he communicated through one of the, uh, one of the mediums. That he actually liked me and thought I was funny. So, <laughs> so there you go. That was, that was a pretty cool investigation. Yeah, when, when setting up, sometimes we miss a lot because we're just setting up. But uh, I always yeah. say that one of my favorite uh, EVPs, and that's not a Class A, but it, it's still my favorite. And we were setting up us an investigation, and you hear this voice that says, "It's the Ghostbusters," <laughs> just like that. <laughs> We would always, yeah, when we were 
investigating uh, with these Bridgewater's Most Haunted, we would always, as soon as we walked in, like Mike would have his his recorder going, just mm-hmm. while we were setting up, while we were ter- like it was the first thing on, and the last thing off, and we would always catch that stuff right when you first came in, mm-hmm. or right when you were about to go out the door. You know, it's just so so weird. But See, I don't like doing a lot of setup because, like you guys said. Um, you know, you, you, you lose a lot during setup. I, 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 yeah. I, I've had a, a, a pretty much a lifelong philosophy of if I can't carry it in my pocket, it's useless to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so I mean, like, you're, I doing, wanna, I, you're doing huh? houses, too. You're doing houses, too, which is a little different. If you're doing, for instance, a, a mill or a movie theater or something, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, to me, it requires a little bit more. Uh, equipment than just uh, what you're carrying, uh, but that's a, ro- my own a, a my... roller skating rink. <laughs> yeah, a roller skating rink. That's, yeah. that's that. my only personal. Yeah. That's my personal point of view. But everyone's different, and, and whatever works for them is right. the best. I remember when I first started doing this, I used to carry more shit around on my arms, and you know, I'd have like 15 things on the cameras and recorders and everything else, and it was just so difficult so it's so much better nowadays so we are coming down to the end of the show is there anything uh particular that we haven't talked about that you would like to bring up uh, rick no if it's okay i just kind of like to uh you know talk about you know some of the you know where 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 people can find my work if that's okay yeah absolutely okay so i got my three books we've already we've already talked about them the first one is called the geek's guide to the strange and unusual poltergeist ghosts and demons the second one is called Behold, Shocking True Tales of Terror and Some Other Spooky Stuff. And the third one is called Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Illinois and – rather, Chicago and Illinois. Those can all be found at Amazon. You can also uh, find written work by me at uh, paranormalstudy.com, um, spookyisles.com, paranormalunderground.net, Legends Magazine, and every Friday night at uh, 8 p.m., um, Eastern and 7 p.m. Central, you can find uh, um, myself and uh, Stephen Lancaster hosting the Shadow Initiative at Label 13, which is the YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, we, w- w- one of the things that I'm really particularly proud of and I love doing is um, back in the 1980s, Peter Underwood did a um, what was called Ghost Watch on BBC Radio. Mm-hmm. And um, so I actually made contact uh, uh, to Adam Underwood, which is the grandson of, um, of Peter Underwood, through my publisher, um, Mandy Collins. So all thanks goes to her. And I actually have the official thumbs up of the Underwood family to resurrect um, uh, uh, Peter Underwood's Ghost Watch. So it's just called Rick Hale's Ghost Watch. Cool. And, uh, they gave me their own blessing, which is really awesome. So, yeah, nice. every Friday night. Label 13 YouTube channel. You can find myself and Stephen Lancaster in the Shadow Initiative. What time? Oh, it is at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Central. Awesome. Hmm. I will have to look that up. I'll have to look that up on Friday. And and where is the the Ghost Watch? Where can can people find the Ghost Watch? That is part of the Shadow Initiative. Oh, it's part of the show. Okay. Anyways, we, we are Sweet. running out, out of time, and uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us today, Rick, and we hope you thank have you a have good it. holiday. 
Yes, it's wonderful. Thank you. So we want to thank everyone for listening. Today's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street in North Andover, Massachusetts. And, of course, we couldn't do it without our Patreon. So check out our page and uh, join uh, the Dead Air Society and become a Patreon. So uh, have a Merry Christmas and have a good night. Take care, everybody. Happy holidays. Have a good one. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.